Hey everybody, welcome to the 87th episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And I'm your co-host, Levi. And before we get started, just a reminder to check out our Patreon, get some cool exclusive benefits like access to our livecast, early access to video content, mugs, stickers, a bunch of cool swag, and some other cool stuff. So the first band we're going to talk about is Thought Crimes. If you're done banging around, you're twisted iced tea there. <laughs> All, right. All right, so Thought Crimes, Christian. So full disclosure, we totally just talked about this for like 10 or 15 minutes, and now we're having to re-record it, but... Thankfully, we had Levi's angry. Thankfully, vi- visibly we had, so. Thankfully, we had three people listening, so it wasn't all like lost, right? Because some like back in the thankfully day, it wasn't a whole ass episode, dog. Like, we, yeah, we, we recorded we, entire episodes and lost the audience. We so. have definitely, for years, sometimes had to talk to a wall and accept it, <laughs> and then go back and. <laughs> no, it wasn't like we weren't like. There's been there's been nary occasion where we like weren't recording. It was more like the computer just like took a shit on us. I've done it once or twice during the COVID days where I probably wasn't recording properly, so I'll, I'll take on that. But I think collectively, less than 10 times we've had to re-record anything, so good on us. Oh, yeah. Let's not pat ourselves on the back for I'll that, just for do that Come record. Come on. we got to do it. Come on. All right. Anyways. <laughs> so Thought Crimes. So Thought Crimes are a, uh, a mathcore quintet from Long Island, New York, featuring drummer Billy Reimer of End and formerly the Dillinger Escape Plan. And they just dropped their new album, Altered Pasts, on August 26th via pure noise records and man this is a super good album pretty much top-notch math core with like a lot of hardcore sensibility like alt metal sensibility as well mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's definitely sprinkled in more than their last releases as well but um like on the vocals specifically like there's a lot more singing per song on this album i mean it ranges from like that like bobcat yowl to i'm just gonna say it like the dramatic kind of like chino marino style Yep. Like melodic vocal. We were talking about this prior, uh, but uh, yeah, definitely more. Uh, I get that the glass jaw vibe uh, as well as the deftone vibe in a good way. As you should. Yep. I mean, the glass jaw comparison makes perfect sense considering uh, considering that Mike Watts was yes, involved. Yes, Mike Watts. And Mike Watts has also worked with the Dillinger Escape Plan. I mean, naturally, you're going to get the Dillinger Escape Plan comparison when you've got drummer Billy Reimer from Dillinger fucking in on this project. But yeah, sort of drive that comparison home. You do have the Mike Watts production and they do actually employ electronic interludes as well. So it kind of reinforces that. Mm-hmm. We, I, I do enjoy uh, the, the electronic element here. Definitely it's, a little breather points, you mm-hmm. know, um, super well placed, always yeah. very well executed. Like yeah, definitely not lazy in this. No. They, and they're like right away. The first couple tracks both have electronic interludes, you know, I mean, they, they use it in Panopticon, Mirror Glue, and the, the title track also oddly serves as an electronic interlude. We were talking about this earlier. So the, the title track of this album is itself just an electronic track with no vocals, correct? Just elect- It's just instrumental. Yeah, yeah, it's just electronics. Uh, so the, the middle of this album, as we were talking about before we lost all the audio, is it does kind of have a bit of a lull because you do have the electronic interlude then you've got uh, the spoken word piece. It's quite a few tracks in this, no matter what. And then before that, you've got what is it, New Infinities, which is again that sort of like alt metal cut. So mm-hmm. I do feel in that way that it's a bit front loaded. But fortunately, when you get to the second leg of the album, I mean, you get you know, dare I say, a keyhole romance. 
Keyhole Romance being one of the strongest tracks on the album for well, sure. Keyhole Romance, that would be that's like that's not the tail end. That's more like the yeah track three or whatever. But uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a conscious on a tilt. Con- yeah, that's the one you were thinking of. Yep, conscious on a tilt. Fucking awesome. Um, well, even that. Yeah. So Deathbed Confessions is also Deathbed a Confessions. Too. Yep. That's like the strongest track on the B side. I was telling Christian earlier. Um, Keyhole Romance is definitely mine lyrically. It's fucking awesome. Really. Super All good the tracks track, have some yeah. pretty good lyrics. So if y'all want to jam this and also pull up the lyrics, uh, do some homework. It's, Highly it's recommended. Good. Yeah, yep. Keyhole Romance, definitely some of the stronger lyrics for sure. I also thought that um, was it Mirror Glue had some pretty strong lines as well. I, the vocalist just, man, just sort of like pulling out all the stops like melodically. I mean, you get like those like growls. You get the... The, the bobcat sounds you were talking yeah, about earlier. Really. Yeah, bob, it's good. It's good. Dude. The bobcat like yowls like... Um, so yeah, I I really appreciate the experimentation on this album in terms of like utilizing electronics, excuse me, in terms of utilizing electronics and sort of like alt metal elements as well. But I felt like the the closing track was a bit on the weak side, honestly. In the chat, we definitely got the 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 little input here. I want to say uh, in the chat some agreements on a you know maybe could have strayed away from the the influences a little bit more could help them out, but you know. Also, it's nice to like pinpoint some stuff and just see the influences as well. Because if you're pulling from Chino, it's kind of nice to know you're pulling from Chino. You know, I don't uh, want to be fooled. Yeah, it's not like they don't have their own character though. Like, it's not like I mean, yeah, I think they they wear their influences a bit on their sleeve, but at least like the material is just like super fucking solid. Word. Like yep. every every track like is good. Like I would say objectively speaking, in terms of like at least in the context of like your your metal and hardcore. I find myself skipping through it, but I mean, it's 11 tracks, so I get a little uh, ADHD with it, but I mean, it is only like 34, 35 minutes long, the whole album. Uh, but yeah, uh, like Christian said, there there are some lulls, and I definitely, this is an album specifically on this pod, uh, on this episode that I just, I, I'll keep listening to the album, but I'll skip around. Just sometimes the, some of the tracks just don't hit me the way I want. So yeah. So I think we're going to give them a mirror glue. Yep. Uh, Keyhole Romance would be my favorite. Yeah, but, uh, Mirror, but think- <clears throat> Keyhole Romance is a fucking great cut too, as well. Like that, I really love how like it's got so much hardcore attitude on that main motif, and then the um, you know, even though the instrumental is like so chaotic, it has like a big two-step moment or quite a few two-step moments. Would you actually. say Mirror Glue is just a little more short and sweet? No, it's definitely not shorter and sweeter, but it's just like the track that I I prefer. Picky bastard. <laughs> All right, we could give them. No, a- no, 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 don't. Don't do it. We're doing mirror glue, glue is like more of a hard is more of a math core track. Like mm-hmm. keyhole away. romance is like more of like a two stepper. Yep, I love it. Yep, let's not. Yeah, I, li- I like where you're going with this. Cool. So we're going to play for you mirror glue, which is track two from Thought Crime's new album Altered Pasts, which came out on August 26th via Pure Noise Records. Here we go.
So that was Mirror Glue, which is track two from Thought Crime's new album, Altered Pasts, which came out on August 26th via Pure Noise Records. So next we're going to talk about Vermin Womb. Mm. God, I love that name. What a fucking good band name, can I just say? The visceral sound that comes from it like, is I, just as good. Like Vermin, like Ethan is incredible at coming up with good band names. Like Vermin Womb is top shelf good band name right up there with clinging to the trees of a forest fire that is although verbose incredible band name in my opinion i also accept primitive man especially the sludginess of it it fits what the name primitive man is it's great yeah primitive man is also an incredible yeah that perfectly summarizes that that music so a lot for just to quickly establish that a lot of love for ethan mccarthy a primitive man, again, formerly of clinging to the trees of a forest fire. So that's a sort of an older project that he's probably reluctant to hear cited repeatedly. Well, but. if we're going to bounce off this, I will say right off the bat, um, this is a more grindy, uh, Vermin Womb is a grindy project. Bouncing yeah, to make off, it. Cling to, you know, clinging. Right. So right. The, uh, with that. Uh, more it's of just, a death grind direction. I would say it's, def- it's definitely more death, ri- uh, death as well that sludge element that primitive man offers is just less of it so um mm. overall like uh i feel like in the venn diagram from the womb is like in that in that middle spot and i really really perfectly enjoy it. articulated yeah, like, mm, like, give me that middle spot mm. perfectly articulated but for yeah. sure they still have those same like lumbering riffs that are kind of the halfway point that primitive man utilizes but mm-hmm. less none of the whole note just whole note sequences where it's just like letting notes ring out for like a long ass time riddle me this weren't they didn't they break up or didn't they take a break they did they took they took a long ass break so i believe decline came out in 2016 or something it's it's been quite some time since decline decline but that was probably 15 but i'll I'll, i mean you you do your thing i'll look i'll look up right now but like i'm pretty sure that was fucking 15 because decline ripped my fucking shit apart at that point yeah so Either way, now they're back. You look that up, and I'll just talk about what's yep, happening yeah, you do, now. You. So, yep, 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 yep. flash forward to today, EP. 2016 decline. 2016. Oh, yeah. and, and permanence was 2014, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, 2014. Yeah. Yep. So I've been following them since day one, and uh, really just been a, a fan of their sound. Decline, I felt like kind of brought more of that stuff that was sort of the halfway point between what, again, you were saying, like the Venn diagram of yep, primi- yep. primitive grind and sludge this. and everything. Yep. But this album is just like way more on that sort of like wonky, almost dissonant, like very actually dissonant, like portal style death metal, but still death grind, you know, retaining those like grindcore elements. Agreed. It was recorded also worth noting at Bricktop Studios by Andy Nelson, who has just worked with so many great artists in chaotic music from Meth to 156 Silence to Weekend Nachos to Noel, who we'll be talking about later in this episode. And very fitting because a very similar sort of project, but... Um, we, we, we just covered Thought Crimes. You were talking about like uh, interludes and everything like that. Uh, with, with Vermin Womb, this, this album blasts through quite a bit, but there is the track Ambulance, which is just kind of like a noise interlude. But I kind of like it, and I wanted that. I needed a little breather to fucking realize what I was thinking and, like, listening to, you know. Uh, I feel like... Yeah, I mean, because they're, like... I feel like the noise stuff has sort of been in Ethan's vocabulary for a while. To a, like He has not abused it? No, not at all. Life. It's it's used very sparingly yeah. on all the projects I feel that he's involved in, just to, like, the right effect, just the right amount. Um, I'm going to say my favorite track... Uh, crumbling world without joy that's the one that grabbed my fucking <laughs> i love the song titles boiled boiled world yeah yeah just Amazing. just like vermin womb god 
damn it, this is good. Yeah, like, he's this so is... good at coming up with, with yep. just good rotten hell. Yep, yep. Uh, overall, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of like uh, step out after this, but this this was this was amazing. I'm really so happy to see good, some new Vermin Womb. And it's such a trip because I, I guess I've been sitting on Vermin Womb tracks and been content with what they have that it, I almost forgot that they haven't released anything for quite a while and even that they left because I'm just so content with the tracks that I've been offered already from Vermin Womb so just thanks well, Ethan, Ethan hasn't stopped is the thing oh, he's I, just I been get it. he's yeah. relentless I, I just I, I bless him for that specifically for Vermin Womb though I love that they're back and I just uh, it's just I, I didn't, Denver it, y'all are so fucking blessed to have that dude you in your fucking scene yeah. yeah dude uh, uh, I'm pretty sure Cephalic Carnage comes from that that den the the yep. let's just say Colorado in general, but uh man, I'll, I'd move to Colorado just for those two guys right there, those, those two bands. So yeah, he's a great musician. He's also a great fucking artist. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like I really love all the fucking art that that he's done for all these bands over the last couple of years, putting out some just really steadily good like macabre stuff that I, I enjoy every time. It has a very distinct look to it. So love it. Kudos to that as well. But everything on this record is just concise. Like it's extremely lean. There's no fluff. It's a, it's just shy of 19 minutes and just packed to the fucking brim with riffs. There's not like one wasted breath on this record. Agreed. I mean, easily one of the finest things in grindcore release this year for sure. I mean, the the opening is blistering. Um, I think track two though is really where we start to like where the album really starts to pick up. It's got so many changes in quick succession. Again, just talking about fitting so many like dissonant riffs, as many dissonant riffs as you can in a two, you know, two two and a half minutes. And it also has some of Ethan's most animalistic vocals too, like going just like really fucking ham on that track. Ravenous. And then of course they managed to fit in that signature rumbling groove and double bass sequence as well. It's it's pretty much everything that this band does well in one song. So I sort of understand why it's like the it was. I think it was the lead single, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, mm. uh, other favorite tracks though. Said what I said. Wow, I love. <laughs> like I, yeah. you, you already know where I'm going with this. Like it's got the one. It's very rare that you get a grindcore album where you get this like one identifiable lyrical moment where you like want to jump in on the, the microphone and. Um, mm-hmm. Both Vermin Womb and Wormrot have sort of provided those moments to us this year in terms of like grindcore bands really embracing like hardcore gang vocal aesthetics that's the fucking shit didn't even think about that good call i mean it's not like there's there's gang vocals in said what i said pissing grave uh, parenthetical title but uh <laughs> it's very important that you know that part but i i just love it because it's like you know the lyrics to that part you know you know what i'm talking about right away when i said that track because yes it's yes. like it's it's the lyrical moment on the album that's you take away that titular line for sure the closing track is also fucking massive too like the opening is super fast and dense, and then it breaks into like again that like lumbering signature groove, which almost feels like it's not. I know it's not getting faster, but it like it almost feels like they're increasing the BPM like one or two points per measure or something oh, or per, okay. iter- per iteration of the riff. Okay, I don't know. Did you pick up on that? Did it feel like it was, it was speeding up to you ever so slightly? I did not, but I'm just I will tripping. go back. And I will check that out. They probably just record this live and with no click, and they were just probably accidentally or organically. Picked that fucking tempo, feeling it. Maybe just getting it. like a little bit faster. Yep. 
Um, it takes all types. I thought it was pretty good too. I love those like kind of like slippery death metal riffs that are kind of like slidey, but like real short slides that kind of like go back and forth real quick. Yep. The the death that's sprinkled in here, it's it's there and it's it's prominent. You know, you know. It's, I mean, it's it's uh, man. I tried to I tried to back out of this conversation a second ago, but I will say my last thing is that Vermin Womb definitely fucked up my top ten for this year because <laughs> I have to now rethink what I what I decided so far. So yeah, it's fucking good. Yep. So I think we're going to go ahead and give you Rotten Hell, right? Yeah. Oh, apps. Do, do I mean, apps. It, that, the, Den Void is pretty good, too. Also, great title. Fucking, let's do it. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to play for you Rotten Hell, which is track two for Metaliation, which is Vermin Womb's new album that came out on September 2nd. <laughs> Mathcore Christmas, but not a Mathcore release, obviously. Uh, via Closed Casket Activities. Cut that, cut that, cut that. The math for Christmas thing. I should have said that. Why did no, I no, say no, that? no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's I was fine. so annoyed. No, no, it's good. No, it's good. It's good. It was that. It was that day we mentioned it last last episode. You're good. <laughs> Being so hard on yourself. I know. I know. I know. What was that? <laughs> I'm was such that an idiot. I'm such a fool. <laughs> Here we go. Excuse me. Jesus. <laughs> That was Rotten Hell, which is track two from Vermin Womb's new album, Retaliation. And that came out on September 2nd via Closed Casket Activities. So next, we're going to talk about Knoll. Tennessee, baby. So first of all, I want to say, just sort of odd that being from Tennessee, that Pure Noise didn't pick up on this. I guess maybe it's just too grindcore for them. Are they out of Tennessee? Yeah. Huh. Well then. So yeah, Null are a, as we've already established, Null are a death grind sextet from Tennessee. Not only do... 
Christian, not only did Pure Noise not pick up on this, I'm pretty sure that these guys, this release is a pure DIY thing. Um, I yes, do know that Andy, Andy Nelson and Kurt Blue are involved in this, but I'm, I, uh, it's my understanding it that's is a DIY cool. effort. So yep. It was yep, produced yep, at a very yep, good yep. studio and mastered very well. But, um, I mean, meeting <laughs> Noel paid for that shit out of their goddamn pocket, and that's what's going on. There's no label influence, which is amazing. And nice, nice teamwork, everyone. Good for them for just doing it all on their own because their shit is so good. So they just dropped their, well, <laughs> they dropped their newest album, their most recent album, Metempiric, on June 24th. And I know it's a long way back, but seeing as how we were already discussing Vermin Womb on this episode, we thought, why not go ahead and throw in Null and just squeeze in some of the finest grindcore that you will hear in 2022. As much, uh, Noel. Anybody listening from Noel, when we're saying what I'm saying right now, I'm comparing you to Full of Hell, and it is in you <laughs> yeah, know we'll, what we'll you get, we'll get that right out in the open. For you know sure, what you did, way. but it's you fucking, know what you did. It's fucking amazing. It is relentless. The drumming is it's spectacular. So I haven't heard Vo- anything quite this blistering or eclectic since Full of Hell, so I think it's a fair comparison to make. Vocals are blistering. The drums are just fucking relentless. I mean, let's just so good. Like to sort of like cut to the heart of what Levi is saying. I think that it's fairly fairly obvious that this band is taking some cues from them. But oh, you mean also being a, a relentless grind band that brings brass? They're not the only into their fucking <laughs> tracks. That as well. is, okay, so it also doesn't <laughs> it also doesn't help that Homie kind of looks like Dylan if you squint a lot <laughs> but um, to, I think that I think that although there's there's they're fairly obviously taking some cues from like yes one of the most prominent bands in death grind I think that they have almost effectively next leveled that sound because this material is far more technical and it has, just shows way more um, Way more nuance in the riffs specifically. They've they've shed the accoutrement of the noise stuff. Uh, it's just way more focused on like bringing you like hard as fuck riffs one after the next. You know, there's 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 way less mm-hmm. way less pretension and piddling about. There's also, I mean, their sound is a lot less traditional too. Like, full of hell. You go back and listen to that, and it's very like you can tell they're borrowing some like. 30-some-year-old Napalm Death kind of inspired riffs. A lot of nap- earlier stuff is definitely a lot of Napalm Death, which, dude, game on. That's like, it's like... I know the guitarist is like, Drew is into like Dillinger and shit, so that's where we're getting like more technical guitar runs probably. Yeah. There's a gap of generations there where Full of Hell can just, I mean, yeah, they, they're not, it's not they're jacking from, they're just like being influenced, I guess, and listening to... Earth. And they're like clearly a young band too. Yeah. It's like, how is, how is the other band in Death Grind not going to be inspired by the other band in Death Grind? Noel, uh, overall, though, I'm defending I, you, Noel. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this, they, there's a lot of dissonance going on in this uh, release. I really fucking. Yes. Uh, you can tell. I mean, how about this? It sounds so good and it's so tight. When you tell me Kurt Blue's involved, I'm like, okay, absolutely. I mean, it fucking sounds like it, so sure, absolutely. Uh, overall, though, I would say that this, their first release, uh, in. Intercise. In- Intercise. Intercise. Okay, there it is. Okay. Why Thank can you. I not say that? Right well, now? that's Intercise. why I can't fucking remember it. So Intercise was was fucking solid as fuck as well. But um, because that one was also recorded and the production's good. This is definitely a step up, though. Big step up. Uh, and I would say the only thing from that is that my two favorite tracks. Were Andy gonna- Nelson, by the way, and Kurt Ballou were both involved with Interstice as well. No shit. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So they've, they, they're really keeping a solid aesthetic here. And yeah, I also want to note that the art looks like it's the same artist, similar, too. Which is great, man. Uh, yeah, so uh, Andy naturally... Oh, it's, the artwork is, of course, done by Ethan McCarthy. God of, damn it, everybody. Amazing, yeah. Um, uh, for everybody out there that is... Certified know- bra moment. Yeah, he did He did both Metempiric and Interstice's cover. Whoever... Uh, so for everybody out there that doesn't know about Andy Nelson, uh, check out Andy Nelson. Uh, records some awesome fucking shit. And then this was mixed by Kurt Ballou, So both of them, both releases killing were it, the same killing thing. Killing it, killing it, killing yeah. it. This is, this is some of the best fucking death crying. Like, fuck the haters who are talking, you know, saying that they're, they're like they're biting full of hell like super hard. I mean, you and like, I mentioned it, but we weren't hating, but we definitely no. noted it and agreed. Um, I would like to say right now that the brass influence on... Uh, on the certain certain tracks are great. Uh, Throws of upheaval, and then uh, the the burgeoning pillars are my favorite tracks. Great Throws of track. upheaval, I believe, is the track I'm talking about. Is that first like dissonant fucking crazy? It's brass track three influence. where the brass really comes in. It's at the beginning of the song, and it's uh, it's pretty perfectly placed. I have to say, I believe it's a trumpet that they're trumpet, using, yes. and then full of hell's yes. using the saxophone. saxophone. So mm-hmm. hey, there's a difference, bud. <laughs> Different instruments. Yep. Different horns. Christian, what was one of your favorite tracks? Uh, Clepsydra was really fucking good. The opening, just loving. Ah, bitch, that was actually good. God damn it, I should have wrote that one down too. That's See, that track, you know you're going to be in a good grind situation from that opening track. <laughs> yeah, you're like, exactly. oh, oh, okay, I can let my guard yeah, down. Again, just take- talking about like take next leveling you know that death grind approach those those riffs yes. are really all right i love how they're broken up really skillfully oftentimes by dissonant guitar runs like again like the opening track clipsedra or married alb um sometimes by like flurries of arpeggios like flux of knowing that track fucking bangs too mm. i mean that the the arpeggio sequence on that track just like keeps going and going and going and going too it's just like head spinning and then other times it, it's broken up by like heavy chugging like on felled plume which I think is, I think Feld Plume is my favorite track. The Chugs, whenever they come in, I'm like, oh my god, fuck yes, like, give me more of that extended range. If you range give me four Chugs, I take eight, like that kind of thing, like double <laughs> well, it. it. What makes it so nice is that it provides such a nice counterpoint to those like high register moments, you know, and it, it creates like moments where I'm like, wow, this sounds like Ion Dissonance almost, and especially on on Feld Plumes, or really, and uh, Whelm as well. I thought Whelm was really good. One of the standout features is the vocals. If we didn't already talk about that, it was just the most demented high range shriek that you've ever heard since like Rich Lombardi. Y'all should uh, check out live footage of uh, Noel. It's exactly the same. Amazing. Just very like, well, consistent just like to full the of studio. Hell, man. I mean, both, both individuals produce what they are producing in the studio. So uh, that's awesome. You know, uh, I would never. When you work with artists like Kurt Ballou too and uh, and Andy Nelson, I think they kind of help you create that live sounding recording because feedback music, music hardcore music that has feedback in the the album, I think it's it's like almost. I think you almost have to do like sort of a live recording with the guitars anyway, like in front of the cabinet. I think when Kurt is mixing you, he's helping you not lie to yourself. And so (laughs) anything that like I mean, really, if you think about like what straight from the uh, unfiltered. Non music, non instrumentalist. I you know how easy it is to beef up, you know everything in the everything. fucking. You know what I'm saying? Vocals too. It, you know, so what I'm saying is like, it's it's reverb, great. It's it's nice to like when you. So everybody out there, jam Noel, but then also look up Noel. It's like damn, it's all there. So yeah, yeah. yeah he also 
as Dan is pointing out in the chat too, does the tunnel throat vocals as well, which I think he does them pretty skillfully as well. Mm-hmm. Dan, good call. Definitely not on yes the Cameron McBride level of of tunnel throating, but yeah, Cameron McBride is just another level of fucking insane. That dude does just vocal gymnastics left and right. What what he does on Methwitch stuff is just like some of the best extreme metal vocals since Travis Ryan. I don't think there's yeah. Do I would put him up there with Travis fucking Ryan. That's how good he is. Oh really? Yeah, dude. Caldy Cap with this fucking. I think man. he's as good as Travis fucking Ryan. Though he's got the same range. Yep, like, and also kind of innovative in a way, you know. And innovative. I mean, yeah. he can also he can also sing, dog. He's got like a, <clears throat> excuse me, he's got a like a not a new wave project, but like an indie rock project that he sings on as well. But this is not about Methwitch. This is about Null. <clears throat> he good. But yeah, this album's fucking real, real good. Some of the best death grind this year. Obviously, the horns make it stand out. As we were talking about, the vocals make it fucking stand out. The great production makes it stand out. Really good album flow, too. Like, it's got, like, the gapless playback feel, so you, it's, like, a, a very good album experience, you know? Word. Especially when you get to the end of the album, the way that Flux of Knowing flows into Whelm, which is the last two tracks. But uh, I think that we should give him Feldplume, though. I think okay. it's like the dissonance kind of. I mean, the the opening track is is super obvious. So, I think that track two's got a bit more, like I said, counterpoint that makes it a bit more interesting. Ooh, and then after that, you go into throws up uh, of upheaval. After that, you, you the first yeah, you four tracks. Yep. Yeah, there's <laughs> there are more riffs on the first four tracks of this album than the entire last full of hell album. You heard us. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Damn it. <laughs> God damn it. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Feld Plume, which is track two from Metempiric, which is Knoll's new album that came out back in June. Here we go. That's probably not accurate, but I swear to God, though, there's a lot of fucking riffs on this goddamn Knoll album. Hot take. I don't even hot think it's take. a hot take, dog. Like, they're definitely more technical. Like, mm-hmm. certainly utilizing way more... I don't want to say math core, but no, you man, know, I'm stoked, I'm stoked. more tech metal kind of. I'm stuff. stoked. I'm stoked that we covered this because they definitely give love to what it, is going on here. You know what comparison yeah. I I'm regretting that I didn't drop in that discussion was Fawn Limbs because they're kind of on a similar tip, just minus the electronics. Mm-hmm. Like they're one spoken word EP away from being the next Fawn Limbs. <laughs>
So what were, what were we doing? Classic metalheads. Oh, we're recording a podcast, <laughs> right? So that was. What was it again? So that was. Did we set? Did I close out the track? No, close it though. Okay. Do it. So <laughs> that was Feld Plume, which is track two from Noel's new album Med Empiric, which came out back in June. Fucking banger. Mm-hmm. Again, the the first four tracks on that album, every one of them is just like flawlessly good death grind. So next, we're going to talk about Rotting in Dirt. Rotting in Dirt are a metalcore quintet from North Carolina, although you could certainly describe their sound in a number of ways. You know, it's, it's very chaotic, very dissonant, and very dark. Dark hardcore would be like the, my preferred tag, but... Dark, uh, I, I wouldn't say blackened. But, but it's we're getting to that scathing the, the vocal styling is we're we're going to the possession nineteen eighty one kind of styling of like hardcore hardcore vocals, little scathiness back to the hardcore vocals. So it's 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 a little blackened, you know, but mm-hmm. not fully yeah. Not like but yeah, not really em- embracing any other black metal in- elements other than yeah. Like there's vocally. no like the tinny sound or the. I think they're even using that tag on Bandcamp, which is a bit confusing, but. I, I I can I can sort of see it at the same time because you draw that yeah. that that possession 1981 comparison actually did not occur to me previously but I think for somebody who's like more focused on the vocal approach it'll probably make a lot of sense because certainly a lot of the delivery especially on the lows reminded me of Victor I don't mean to be I don't mean to be splitting hairs but I do feel like all right if you're gonna be blackened or or whatever it, I, I see what what's going on here definitely I I understand that's why I like the dark it's more of like a <laughs> kind of like sort of hinting at those elements but not really fully embracing them so this uh this uh release was uh uh, done by zagama beach records and i would like to say that there is kind of a screamo-y element here um i wouldn't call it screamo but uh i do like that zagama kind of picked this up i know uh it was kind of near in your wheelhouse wheelhouse too christian yeah i had Um, been speaking with him i really wanted to put this one out unfortunately i just couldn't i couldn't make it happen for mm -hmm. them schedules baby a lot of bands out there uh but uh i i would say overall rotting and dirt so fucking good man i gotta be this is my most listened of the podcast rotting and dirt i didn't know anything about you guys until now so we covered uh, them a few like Two years ago. I know. I remember that. And I, I looked back into that. But also, Rotting in Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Christian. Uh, that was my Hold next out. thing. But uh, I still, um, you know, I did kind of forget about it. Uh, but I am I am here for you now, especially listening to, like, the scathy kind of style vocalings in and out and everything. I really got a good vibe here. Um, the Here's the thing. The track, Gallows uh, in Static. Banger. Fucking god damn it! You got me. That's sold the closer, that. right? It's yes. It, it's yeah. so. Fu- and then lyrically, it's fucking great, man. Um, so many good lines. Blessed and eternal. Yep. Um, my understanding is that this is the first release as a five piece, so it's a little like you know f- new and a little uh, I guess um, fresh to them. Uh, but it's it sounds great. Uh, so good. Yeah. They're uh, utilizing more extended range on this release it seems as well it seems like there's more like maybe sevens or even eight strings involved because some of the riffs are just like so thick low end and chuggy especially on seizing in the warmth of lilith's embrace first of all great song title but one of the strongest tracks on this ep as well as it's got like a really nice balance of bringing that chaotic and dissonant sort of opening uh, with that again, that very memorable lyric that I, I cited a minute ago, mm-hmm. and it's also got an incredibly crushing, chugging bridge sequence sequence, which 
combines both those like guttural vocals. It's, it's probably like the most brutal fucking sequence on the entire album, actually. That that like guttural chugging sequence. But it's got like a nice balance too because they bring in that like brief like melodic aside too. You know, there's like Dude, a melodic that was, moment. At the that's beginning of the track. well said. Yeah. I, I I was like I was deep in that description right there i I totally agree i totally (laughs) fucking agree man uh damn rotting in dirt you have my attention you you have you now have my attention for sure man what was your favorite track um seizing in the warmth of lilith's embrace is definitely the the, the what what track track two ah okay you know what okay i mean okay Okay. Literally every track on this album, on this EP, is good. It's but, short and sweet. I mean, it's an EP, it's eight, right? So, it, well, it's 18 yeah. minutes, so it's as long as the fucking Vermin Womb album. But, uh, you know, in, in a different context, it's it feels like it's over sooner because the Vermin Womb album is grindcore. So, again, this, like, metalcore context, yeah, it's over. It does feel like it's over a bit too soon. Like, I am left, like, wanting more. But the re- the replay value is certainly there. Like, looking at the track listing again here, Serpentine, the opening is very strong. Not like one that I keep coming back to as much because I've heard it so many times, but uh, Memory Bias was also a fucking really strong track too. And as we already talked about, the closer Gallows and Static, mm-hmm. that one, mm-hmm. that one is, is a real attention getter for sure. That you're right. Once you hear the end of this EP, once you get through the entirety of the EP, you're like, wow, okay, I'm I'm really now. I think it takes that full listen to get the full effect of what they're doing. Oh, um, yeah. So you said this is the one that you've jammed the most, probably in this episode. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm w- I'm with you. I'm gonna keep jamming it. I gotta I gotta get this in my brain. So, like, it may not be like as high in my chart because it's only six tracks, but yeah, definitely have spun it numerous times. So we're gonna go ahead and play for you. Seizing in the warmth of Lilith's embrace, which is track two from "I Am Eating My Shame." Fucking great title. God damn it. And that came out on September 9th of 2022. Here we go.
Nothing like a good fishing text. Dear Emily, this is Luli from New Jersey. Didn't you save my number? Oh dear, for good sexy time, please, are you free? So what's the plan? Yeah, so what's the plan? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's a good one too. Plan? You gotten so what's the plan yet, you guys? Oh boy. All right. <clears throat> it's amazing. I didn't think that was in my bingo card for 2022. I'm upset you just said that. I'm sorry. Was that triggering? It's very triggering. Booba. <laughs> Indeed. Indubitably. In, Inboobitably. I'm so fucking upset right now. God damn it. Dude, stop. <laughs> So that was Seizing in the Warmth of Lilith's Embrace, which is track two from I Am Eating My Shame, which came out on September 9th. <laughs> Twee! Can I get a shoo? A shoo! <laughs> <clears throat> so next, we're going to talk about Fawn Limbs. Fawn Limbs, the meth grind trio featuring Lee Fisher of Commit Suicide and Psyopis. And... Ellie Hyland of Projects Innumerable. Yeah, Sorry. you guys know. Should I you re- guys fucking know. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't redo it. We just we keep. Okay, that. we keep right. that. Yep, there, yep. Hopefully, you know what I'm doing. A There's bit. no cut that, cut that, cut that here. So, okay. um, uh, this is ridiculous. So intense. Still so fucking mathy. Um, got a little glitch elements as well. Yep, we got a little electronics going on here. Um nasty, nasty. I grind. do appreciate that though. It really does like make it feel like a futuristic project the more the electronic elements are, are integrated. You feel like you're listening to something that's you know, it's it is forward thinking. Like, and this as well is uh, a release off the uh, Decibel Flexi series. Yes, previously only available exclusively via a Decibel Flexi or a stream on their website I think for a while as well. Yes. But now you can like listen to it all on all streaming things and all that kind of stuff. It was officially released on Mathcore Christmas, September second. But yeah, you know, I bought that fucking decibel magazine just just to get that flexi. You you got you got that flexi. Yeah, it's in there, Mm -hmm, girl. Mm -hmm. I'll go grab it for our our podcast. We're gonna Discord. We'll spin it. We're actually gonna put the record player up here. We're gonna spin it just for you guys as we play the track. Right? Yes, we will. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Anyways, for our listeners, we're not doing that. We're not though. doing that. Uh, for but our, uh, our Patreon folks, rather. So, so I mean, this is very short and sweet, man. I'm going to say uh, my favorite track, uh, the, the Merger, Helmets, and then also Burnt uh, Conifers. Holy fucking shit! Amazing. Overall, this this very short EP is top notch. Just more fond limbs. They are relentless. Um, I'm pretty much going to leave it at that, bud. You take it away. I mean, there's. it's hard to say anything really insightful about this EP because it's just four tracks and it's it like is five and a half is, minutes long. But yeah, the, the material is just so... That's why I have like absolutely no notes on it. But it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Like definitely continuing on the more of like the sleeper vessels route. Like it's not... If you were... Mm-hmm. If you've been following the band for a while, you'll know that their last album, Darwin Falls was a bit of an excursion into like embracing spoken word elements that they had previously employed on other EPs uh, specifically thrum I like I like the spoken word I love sprinkled it. in but more with an EP 
Man, I was so fine with having a full album with that. I'm so glad that they indulged that enthusiasm from their audience and just went ahead and, and, and gave us that gift of a, you know, mm. our, our cowboy tech metal poetry slam. We've talked about it whenever we cover Fawn Limbs. So fucking yeah, man. That's, that's a top So notch. fucking good. Yeah, this this is like, it doesn't just feel like an EP that they farted out to. Like the, the <laughs> riffs are... <laughs> Are, the riffs are like good as hell. Like every yes. track, every all four tracks on the CP are fucking good. Especially the first two, though. I gotta say, like the opener and the second track too, really bringing more of like the low end kind of like more like ion dissonance sound that I I personally really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I um, which is uh, what's the track? Merger Healthments. <laughs> Helmets, yeah. Merger Helmets. Third time's a charm. The third time? I'm very gassy fuck, right now. Dude, yo, the third time, you crushed it. Thank you. It was amazing. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Always like some good praise. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead and play for you Death Pours, which is track one from Oleum, which is Fawn Limbs' new EP, which came out on September 2nd, officially streaming, Mathcore Christmas. It's so good. So good. Listen to it. Here we go. All right, so that was Death Pours, which is track one from Ulium, which is Fawn Limbs' new EP, which came out on September 2nd. No, um, no, what's his face from Artificial Brain this time? That's okay, though. Yeah. It's I mean, okay. Ellie obviously can play the bass very competently, so. Yeah, Ellie definitely can play the fucking bass. Game on. Sam. No, no, Ellie, yeah, yeah, Sam, yes. Sam, no, Sam is the name of the bassist who's not longer the I was just trying to remember his name. Awesome. Came to me. Old man moment. I literally just mm. repeated Ellie just because you I'm, said it. So, I, yeah. There's too many things in here now, you know. I've got to start making room for the new ones that actually matter. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I've got so much superfluous fucking knowledge stored up here that just so it's just one names of random. No people, one cares. Like, like <laughs> hey, remember that one band Nervaxis that had that one four track EP there from Stoke on Trent, UK, and it was released in 2008, but only fucking like 2,000 people knew about them on MySpace. That, remember that band? That fucking EP is so good, dude. dude. Yo, everybody, good luck. Try to find that nerve access. Go look at it. Go to Broken Circuit Monologue. You'll find a baby. It's up there. Ooh, girl. You like that? (laughs) I like that that nod. All right. All right. No more more jerking each other off here. Yeah, right. We're we're ready to talk more music. Masturbatory. Fucking circle drink here. Good for you, man. Fuck, that's a good one. Dude, that EP fucks. For real, though. Like, I remember them just based. You know how good this band is? It's one of those bands where you see the... 60 second rehearsal clip of the drummer and the guitarist sitting there just like coming up with maybe the final version of the track before they've even recorded it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one of those kind of bands where you're like this is one of my favorite bands of all time now it's like see you see you next tuesday level good like minute and 20 seconds of like insane grind and like a big breakdown and it's over that kind of shit yeah you you and you only got four tracks of that fucking shit basically because they they may have released something else but that that four track it's called um ker kerplow or kersplosion or something like that it's mathcore rain man over here they're basically biting you know a great redneck hope and see you next tuesday who cares let's yeah. go good shit though but um <laughs> wow getting very carried away though Last, last release of the Last episode. release, last release. Thank you. I'm sitting here looking spaciously. That's not the right use of that term. No, that it's word. good. You like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, uh, let's see here. So, next we're going to talk about... <clears throat> next we're going to talk about the End Cult Leader Split. So, End and Cult Leader are metalcore outfits from New Jersey and SLC, respectively. And they just released their new split, Gather and Mourn, via Closed Casket Activities and Death Wish Inc. on September 9th. Two tracks each of pure fucking gold. Yeah. First of all, the both both sides, it's really great to hear Cult Leader back, but both sides of the CP are, are excellent. Like, this has been a real no-brainer, on-repeat kind of release, for sure. Anybody listening to this podcast, we don't need to get getting any into it more we both know and in cult leader so cult leader has not released anything for a while amazing to hear cult leader still doing exactly what i wanted them to do it just the their lyrics, angular dude. their special brand of angular darkness angular know. darkness and the vocal attack is so fucking good anthony lucero always in top form for yep. sure the last few albums have been so good but as well and Doing the same goddamn thing, just performing and doing exactly what Ed that does. That second track, though, they bring a little, a little bit different. of industrial. It's it's a little nine inch nailsy yeah. kind of like resonary in a good way, a really good way. Well I executed. Lo- yes, yes, I enjoyed it. So, uh, and we got Will Putney doing the recording, mixing. Will Putney, the and fucking mastering. boy. So we got recording mixed. Mix. He's a goddamn production genius. Exactly. And just how does this guy have? How do you do it, Will? How do you have the time to do fucking? Fit for an autopsy and and record all these fucking bands. Well, that's the thing. So so and he he recorded, mixed, and mastered. But then we got cult leader side where uh, it's recorded and mixed from Kurt. But then 
No, it's it's yeah, recorded and mixed uh, from Kurt, but then mastered by though. Putney there. Right. Yes. They always so, record with they they recorded God City like habitually. Though. Absolutely. Well, I mean, what, Death Wish. Your Death Wishing Ben. Why would you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would be maybe a slight to the label if you did did not record with their in-house recording studio and your in-house guy is the fucking god of it all so it's like this kind of like hm2 this hm2 entombed worship core that we're sort of all you know enjoying these this past decade Mm -hmm. on you know like and they're at the forefront of that movement both of these i mean cult leader obviously on a little bit of a more like kind of just dissonant thing they're kind of doing their own thing but yeah, and definitely bringing that like special brand, carrying the torch for for bands like Nails. I think yes. in, in terms of just bringing like the most relentlessly heavy, like no frills kind of hardcore. We have such a fucking holding hands of amazingness here, though, because not only are we dealing with End and Cult Leader doing the split, right? So two rippers. Then we got Will going on and then we also have kurt in there so we're all holding hands and then do how do we end christian we add jacob bannon as the artist he's gonna hold that last little link we got a full circle of fucking awesomeness going on i'm embarrassed to say that i didn't know that jacob bannon did the art but it's like oh look at the fucking i know i mean it's so obvious now that you say it yeah all right i'm i was i'm embarrassed like i said like it's it's very very clear when you look at the cover that it's a jacob bannon piece if i could choke slam i'd choke slam you but i can't because my 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 core strength. Right? I would and accept it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but but, but I, I'll, you could try. I'd fuck. I'll, I'll let you do it. I'll be like, oh no, you choke hey, something. Everybody, this is me right now. Trying to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't choke something. Okay, never mind. I rescued you. <laughs> I let. I. I whatever. But but yo, don't make so, me tell the story on the podcast. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is. This 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 uh this whole Levi thing. was a stray kitten next to the shore of a river. <laughs> no, that's about my pet cat from Fridges childhood. Are... Sorry, continue. What yeah. were you saying? <laughs> you saved me, but uh, but uh, this is definitely a, a a great collaboration of of all the artists. Uh, just you know, just mixing, mastering bands. Uh, the artist that does the layout. This is this is top notch. And then naturally with Jacob Bandage, it's gonna be the whole Death Wish thing. So we got a great label involved too. So uh, man, it's it's four tracks of. Mwah, chef kisses nonstop. Mwah, mwah, mwah. So. Yeah, I mean, you know these bands are good. Listen to the fucking split. It's four tracks. My, my only gripe with it is it's like, why would you press this on a 12-inch? I think they just were like probably realizing what we're realizing is running. Seven inches sucks. Except the seven-inch <laughs> seven format is is uh, it's in decline. And that's that's a, I think an understatement. I'm just being conservative. But it's I, literally, I, it's literally becoming to the point where it's like privately, I'm like, yo, seven inches dead. <laughs> well, how about this? It's literally getting to the point where it's annoying. Where it's like, oh, I know you released a CD, but how about a CDR? It's like I understand it still fits on my same CD player, but I find it annoying because it's smaller in my collection. It's like it's like it's almost like a collector standpoint. It's harder. Point, it's harder know? to like, store. Yeah. Also, <clears throat> it's annoying. Hey, everybody out there that listens to records. How by the time you sit down, fucking track one and two are done on the seven inch, and you got to get back up and flip that bitch again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's kind of. I mean, it, it, you just got to look at the numbers. Like, does it make sense now to use? I'm an use... old man, and I hate getting <laughs> up. And I... <laughs> my my I, like my real thing is like, does it make sense to use that much raw material to press a 15 track EP where you could have maybe cut like a few minutes of frill here and there to fit it on a seven inch you know because it, you can fit seven minutes on a seven Here's inch a more record. taboo suggestion uh christian it could have been on a 10 inch oh you don't like that right i don't like that mm-hmm. either yeah, yeah i know i know 
that makes sense for like a, an 18 to like 22 minute release i guess yeah but anyways uh yeah uh i, I would say overall though um my favorite track or 20 minute release. Uh, <laughs> my favorite track for end would be uh eden will drop will drown and then with cult leader it would be the uh ataraxis ataraxis yeah so yeah what do you think I, I think I'm in agreement with you. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and play for you Eden Will Drown, which is the first track off Inside of the Split, and Ataraxis, which is the first side, the first track off Cult Leader's side of the Split. Here we go. I'm 
was just about to say to Levi, recently I've been picking up, are you familiar with like cured resin versus live resin? I am. Yep. Yeah, I, I got to say, I actually, although if you overheat it, it can definitely taste like a burnt bowl. Like the cured resin effect is really nice if you want to like get that almost like whole flour experience. We're talking cartridges, and yeah, I, would totally, cartridges. I would totally agree because uh, the, the temperature is uh, something you can't really control as much. Well, you know, it depends on your battery, adapt, of course. Right? You know, the battery, right? But you, even the battery, right? you got three to five settings, and it's like mm. you're trying to figure something out in between, you know, and who knows what's in there. But yeah, uh, mm, it's good. I mean, I do love live resin, though, because it's just, you know, it's just I want that more pure effect. I'm sort of more of a, a quality over quantity kind of person in general. I feel like the live resin cards are a little more chunky. And I feel like what you have right here is a little more consistent uh, uh, mixture. Yeah, so this is a liquid diamond cartridge looking kind of dark because it's from fucking January. But, like, this is supposedly a live resin cartridge. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, liquid THCA diamonds mixed with live resin is my understanding. They say it's live resin only, but it's like if it's THC diamonds and live resin, it's not really just live resin now, is it? We were just talking. It's all about the terpenes. Don't, you know, it's like whatever it is, just like I just need to taste that that sweet cannabis in there. Yeah, I mean, if, it. exactly. If, if I get a good, a good like taste of like the main terpene profile that I'm after, which is usually the gas kind of like taste, mm-hmm. I almost always want to, I mean, I'm never really after like the, like the, the pear kind of. Or the um, the peppery. I mean, every once in a while, like some good like dosi dough will be good. But sometimes admit. you just get like those cartridges. That, like it's nothing you can really like put your finger on. I it's hate just, that. Like, no, I how about this? That. Like it's just how about these the cartridges that are just hashy. I like that sometimes. Just like just can't really put your finger on. It. Not a specific terpene. You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. like lemon lemonine or like. I'm know, sick lemon. of fucking lemonine. I'm sick to death of the lemonine profile. I don't yep. want that shit anymore. Yep. yep. Stop. Stop doing giving this tangy bullshit. I don't you, want the tangy anymore. You want that. You want that pinene. That's what you want. You want. I that. definitely like pinene. Well, yeah. I forget what it's called. It's like Cardo something or other. The uh, the one that's the the gas profile. Mm-hmm. And then um uh the lavendule, which is I like, like the that more, too. Yeah. I do love that. And of course, the strain lavender I think was infamous for having that particular terpene naturally, profile. right? Right, which makes sense. Ah, yeah. uh, yes. <laughs> right, you don't see that shit anymore. You don't see anybody really working with that that terp at all it's just everyone's just trying to create the the gassiest or like the most like limonene like gassy combo that they can he's her old her old, her old uh, roommate nikki p just ranting on old school strains the other day on his fucking story he's just like Love searching it. for old shit it's just like shout out <laughs> he's, just, he's on a rant at like 12 o'clock at night looking just for like, legacy strains yeah, just looking for like it's so good. they call them they call them legacy strains <laughs> yeah, like uh right. alaskan thunderfuck up in humboldt everybody's crazy well maybe our just more of our specific like friend circle was really enthusiastic about that fuck yeah that that shit is like really really legitimately one of the best strains i've ever had it's like a it's got like a real skunk kind of profile to it but it's got like ak-47 level like thc headiness and just like visibly large trichomes like visibly large glands it's our first strain christian and i grew together yep yeah we had a we had a, a grow at our house in manila we can talk about that now because it's so long ago right we can but we that's, grew that's, weed yeah yeah but that, but then that one oh no they're kicking in the doors right now well that was, that was the strain where they did do that so, we, 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 we're gonna stop right now we're gonna right now all right all right you wrap up this episode <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Levi got arrested. <laughs> I didn't, though. I didn't, you and bitches. And that wasn't the first yeah, I time. I didn't, you fucking bitches. I didn't you were detained in your own home. <laughs> no, Prozo was you detained. Were de- I was not. He was. <laughs> Remember he, I Prozo was detained in his own home, and Levi was sitting there as well. Le- you were also detained, but you were not handcuffed. I was not handcuffed. You were detained, though. I was I was definitely detained. Yeah. You were just a moment ago you were saying you were not detained. That's fine. You can guess. Well, versus him. The whole world just saw he you was... gaslight me. You see this abusive relationship I'm in? Christian pulled up and ran away. All right, anyway. I did. <laughs> I did. I left I left you to die. Yeah, I left. Talking about abusive relationships. Toes away. I did not save you. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna fucking storm in through the fucking door and fucking choke slam the guy and do At least job. one of them? Oh right. Before yeah. you get gunned down, John- suicide by cop. <laughs> they would be like, oh, Christian no, but likes my- I'm actually John Wick. You know? <laughs> I've, I've done plenty of LARPing in my day. So, you know. That was a short story. <laughs> I, got, I got a body count of zero. I think I can take these guys out. <laughs> Other than Christian taking out cops, that was a real story. So, there we go. But yes, of course, fuck all police, naturally. <laughs> yes, even your fucking uncle, Jimmy. <laughs> Yeah, especially fuck Uncle him. Jimmy, dude. Yeah, fuck that <laughs> especially guy. Especially that yeah, guy. He sucks, dude. Um, but yeah, oh, that was that was a thing. Yeah, so I, I pulled up to the house and you guys were all, you know, doing your thing, and I uh, I just saw the sheriff's department jacket and turned the other direction. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> like I turned on my heel is what I did. <laughs> I just saw Nick Prozo looking at me with that look of astonishment, you know, trying to like get his poor little eyes to focus on me with his terrible vision. <laughs> In his like square rimmed glasses, you know. Ah, to be twenties in the twenties again. Oh my god! Holy shit! All right. Yeah, fuck the cops. Fuck it. That sucks. Akabab. I love a good akabab as well. Akabab. Ah, kebab. Oh well, that was a good little, good little little tangent to wrap up the podcast there. I think I think that's it. I don't even got anything else. Get me out of here. I gotta get. We, we I gotta, just gave a confession. <laughs> we just gave up Levi's entire criminal record. Yeah. To be fair, okay. So I have I have been arrested for marijuana charges as well. I'm gonna just gonna get it out right now. Go. Yeah. You can Google it. It's probably probably you can't even find it it's on the internet because it was so long ago. And my, my I think my records. Well, been that expunged. you have to probably have to pay for. I don't feel like there's any stigma around it. So I'm I'm totally fine with saying that to the world that I was arrested for marijuana charges in 2000 and uh, six. No, it was 2004. Oh, his throwback. It was a long time. It was before I moved to Humboldt County, like mm-hmm. long long before then. In San Francisco, in the most liberal city in the world. And then I had to do a year of federal probation with a fucking guy coming to my house to watch me piss. You know, that was not very fun. You got the, you got the last of the shortened sticks as far as like random drug charges. In California, no longer uh, uh, employers can uh, fire you for smoking weed off of the clock. So they can't, like, piss test you off of the clock because you are on the clock, whatever, afterwards. Well, it's really it's hard like, to determine whether or not well, you smoked on the clock, Yeah, right? that's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, yeah. so that they, they, can't, they yeah. can't bust you for off the clock shit, what I'm saying. They can't, like, bust you for, like, oh, hey, we see you on so, your story, like, smoking weed. Like, well, I was off the clock. Don't worry about it. That kind of thing. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you say. I'm that's sure that's a reasonable say. explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the lawyer, <laughs> listen, yeah, yeah, don't yeah, worry yeah. about it, dude. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. It's all good. I can do my job I, just fine, guys. He has the Kelly thing. You know, like, oh, what, 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 what. Listen, I drink a couple beers and smoke a little bit, and I drive all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> I reach down in the dashboard and grab some stuff. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm still here. All right, let's close out this shit. All right.
So I guess that about wraps. Levi wants to leave. No, no, we're just gonna wrap up the podcast. We're gonna wrap up the podcast. Yeah, we're just having a good time, just chatting about bullshit. It's fun. I like to do this. We should do this more often. Honestly, we just have bullshit cast. Fire said. We got we, chats. We got arrested cast. <laughs> so I guess that about wraps it up for the eighty seventh episode of Mathcast. I'm your host Christian, and I'm your co-host Levi. And we'll be back again in a couple weeks with some more sick underground bands. Good night and stay beautiful.